Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. How the tables have turned. Something a little different for you guys. I'm a field service engineer that specializes in medical products. A lot of the stuff I do is high-end eye scanners, lasers, and optical testers. But today's tale is about a simple table. Customer books me in to come fix an equipment table that won't go up anymore. These are motorized tables that you can adjust the height of to accommodate different patients. Customer said he wouldn't be there, but others would, and they'd show me where the table was. I drive out to the site, 40 minutes away, and spend another 15 finding parking. I go to the office, and guess what? It's closed. No one's around. So I call the customer. He thought someone would be there, but no, it's dead quiet. He asked me to find the building manager, as she could let me in. I find her office, but guess what? She's not there either. But there's a mobile number. I call the number. No answer. Bugger. The customer's trying to call around to see if someone can let me in when the building manager calls me back. I explain the situation and she says she can get the cleaner to let me in. But first she needs to talk to the proprietor of the office. Unfortunately, she doesn't know the person I've been talking to and needs to hear the okay from someone else I've never even heard of. So a round robin of calls later and the customer has contacted the person the building manager knows who has called the building manager, who called the cleaner, who let me in. (laughs) I can finally get to work. I find the table, and it's a model I've never seen before. I check it, and it is indeed not going up anymore. There's a digital readout showing some sort of message, but it's only three letters, R-E-S, which doesn't mean anything to me. The down button engages the motor, but since it's already at the bottom position, it doesn't go anywhere. The up button does nothing. The switches are old and worn. So maybe they're faulty? I pull the switch apart and run some tests. Continuity is good, and shorting the switch directly does nothing. Well, it's not the button. So now I have to pull the table apart. The main control unit is under the table, which is all the way down. So I have to lie under the table and unscrew the heavy metal plate that holds all the power points and the circuitry. I put a chair under it so it doesn't drop on my head when I take the last screw out. At least I wasn't that dumb. No, not today anyway. I get the panel off and find an enclosed box that acts as the control board for the table. More screws and a bit of pushing and swearing to get it out. Oddly, there is only one screw on the unit itself. I undo it, but it won't open. Looks like it's a sealed unit. Bucker again. Now what? I decided to go back and look at the control panel. As I'm looking, I see a post-it note stuck to the table. It reads, If table goes into reset mode, R-E-S, Hold the down button until it clears. I hold the down button. I count to five. The message disappears and the display is now showing the table height. I try the up button. Table goes up. Table goes down. Table goes up. Table goes down. I shake my head. 20 minutes later, I have the table all back together and all the machinery plugged back in. I call the customer and tell them it's fixed. We all know RTFM read the effing manual, and RTFS, read the effing screen. So I guess now, RFTP, read the effing prompt? I'm guessing here, guys. 
Should also apply when there's a post-it note telling you exactly what to do. <laughs> well, I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if it was in a spot that was inconspicuous to even a tech coming in to work on the equipment. You would think it would be somewhere really close to the buttons so that if you ran into an issue, that's where you would look to try to put the table up or down and you would be able to fix it. I don't know. Rule Zero it's an average post-holiday weekday afternoon at my work, which means that I'm mostly hanging out, answering various questions from our first lines of contact, clarifying department rules and updating procedures. I'm also checking up on various ancient work orders gathering dust in our queue, usually for lack of customer or management response, and indiscriminately nuking the ones that I can close due to lack of customer response, while auto-repeating a stage in an ongoing Arknights event. Just your usual tier 3 slow day help desk stuff. Then an email chime rings. Now, my emails normally don't have audio alerts, except for a select group of very high-ranked people who need urgent tier 3 level attention to address their pressing problems, such as plugging in a monitor. Among the team, I'm the one on actual emails and calls that afternoon, so I pop it open. Huh. Looks like our CEO is trying to join a conference via a specific app, but it's just not working. Oh, and the conference started half an hour ago, and they need someone to come up in the next two minutes. Call me crazy, but if I have an important conference coming up using a program that I have not tested before, I might call IT out before the conference starts. As I enter CEO's office one walk up the stairs later, I discover he's got a whole setup going with a smartphone he's using for this Clamped in with actual proper hardware, good lighting, the whole thing. Frankly, I'm impressed and relieved. This specific conferencing software doesn't play well with our firewall sometimes, but if it goes out over the smartphone Wi-Fi, that's way easier. They have their own, much laxer rules. So, can you tell me exactly what's wrong? I asked CEO after exchanging extremely brief pleasantries. He's in a hurry, and so am I since I forgot to restart my Arknight stage before I hit it up. So I figured we both had things we'd be doing that don't involve somebody making polite small talk for a half hour. Uh, my conference app isn't working, he replies, waving at the phone, which does indeed appear black. The app is up, but other than the meeting name, it's just basically blank. You can hear people on the other end, but no matter if I click camera or mic buttons, nothing happens. A suspicion forms in my head. Okay, I say. Drop the session and start it again with me looking over your shoulder. Let's go step by step. Everything goes perfectly fine. Yap joins a meeting. He types out a name and... Why the ever-loving F is he clicking don't allow to every prompt that comes up? Why are you clicking don't allow to every prompt that comes up? I asked the CEO very diplomatically. Oh, I was told I shouldn't let apps access stuff on my phone. Uh, if you don't let this conferencing app access your microphone or camera, it won't be able to transmit anything using your microphone or camera. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, let me reset your permissions in the settings. Here you go. Camera and audio feed. You're live. Wow, you're great. I think they've been trying to solve my issue for over a year now with this phone app. And you fixed it in two minutes. Haha, <laughs> no problem. You have a good day. I say as another horrible suspicion forms in my head. Back at my desk, after restarting my Arknight stage, you gotta have priorities. I start digging in the call logging system. Sure enough, here's a work order sent directly to our networking team, bypassing all normal channels, me, 
from 14 months ago. Highest priority. Four different texts all going back and forth about how our CEO's phone does not permit video and audio traffic from this conferencing app over our Wi-Fi network. Vendors have been contacted, entire network closets torn apart and put back together, multiple Wi-Fi modems and APs replaced. There have been thousands of dollars and close to a thousand man-hours put in by people with six-digit salaries trying to fix this elusive issue. All because none of these senior network engineers ever heard of Rule Zero. Don't trust the customer. As a Tier 3 tech, I have the ability to hijack assignments and make sure that everybody involved gets a message when I close the work order. This one was particularly satisfying to close, with a solution description of, Customer was denying permission to access phone resources to the app. No actual network issue is apparent. See work order. So yeah, this is why the first thing I teach my techies I train is always rule zero. Don't trust, and also verify. So two things. One, OP is absolutely correct. Never trust, always verify. I'm not saying that I wouldn't trust the people just because I don't want to trust the people. It's just, you know, if they don't know what they're talking about or they have little experience with things, yeah, you gotta, you gotta start from the ground up. Don't ever assume. The second thing is, with all those techs looking into things and calling vendors and things like that for such a simple fix, it sounds like nobody actually ever went up and did what you did. Nobody went and put their hands on the phone or had the guy go through the process while they watched. So, yeah, good on you. Who knows something about servers? A super user walks in and asks, who knows something about servers? My colleagues and I all look at each other a little confused. This is the IT department, after all. All of us know something about servers. I guess, I guess I do? My colleague answers a little hesitantly. The WMS test environment is down. We don't really manage the WMS system. The supplier does, so my colleague logs into the VMware to make sure the virtual machine is okay. Well, the server's running. Just drop it, the user says, trying to contain himself. It's not working. Okay, so what is the problem you're experiencing? My colleague asks. Slightly annoyed with the tone of voice and total lack of error description. Master data from the ERP system isn't getting updated. Ah, okay, so it isn't actually down. The issue might be with the ERP system or the system in between the two. Please go to our colleagues in the other sub-department right next door. They might be able to help. If they can't, you'll probably have to contact the supplier, my colleague says pleasantly. The user stomps to the other office right next door. I'm not sure what the issue was. Probably a non-issue. It was quickly fixed, though. Just describe the issue to us and we'll start diagnosing or send you in the right direction. Also, don't lose your temper over a test system. It shouldn't be critical. That's the point of a test system. Yeah, I, I never understood that, you know. The guy that's smarter than you who specializes in that particular field, tech support, servers, he knows better than you. Stop arguing and listen. The server must be down. One of the groups at my company isn't very tech-savvy. Okay, they're pretty terrible to the point that our IT help desk has asked me, QA manager, to triage their requests because they're flooding queues with nonsense requests. This includes such hits as, Someone deleted my spreadsheets from my desktop. I moved my email to a folder, but I don't know which one. Can you resend it? I forgot my password and didn't set up self-service options. 
Also, I gave a fake phone number for the text message TFA so I didn't get scammed. Today, one of the users sent a company-wide, 600 people, yes, they used multiple distribution lists to achieve this, to state that our document management system, DMS, was slow. After an eye roll, <laughs> where my spine may have appeared, and eyeballing up my whiskey shelf, I sent a quick chat message. Me. Hi, Maria. I saw your note about the DMS being slow. I've been in it all day and haven't had an issue. I did check the server and everything looks healthy. I'd suggest rebooting or checking your connection at home. No response. Then a second email comes out from the same user telling the company the server is down and projects can't go live. I get a call from my boss. Hey, Skull, you got an ETA for when the server will be restored? Is IT aware or are you just handling it? Me. Nope, server's fine. Errors on the user end. I'll clarify. So I send an email stating it isn't down. Give the user end or supervisor a call. Me. So the server isn't down. Probably best to not tell the company that. I haven't heard of any other complaints and the IT hasn't had any either. Maria. It's slow. It takes a while for me to do anything. Me. Okay, but that doesn't mean the server's down. Let's try this. We're going to ping web address. I proceed to walk her through the steps, which she is utterly confused. Ping time average is 350-ish. I have her ping a few other sites, and they're all obscenely high. Me. Okay, so it looks like your connection is a bit slow. Do you know what your speed is? Or do you have a lot of people on? Are you in a wired or wireless connection? Her. Huh? It's just me, and my husband is working from home too. My kids have class. <laughs> At this point, that whiskey bottle looks really good. Her supervisor. Maria, you need to make sure your connection is adequate. Maria. I'll put a ticket in for my IT to upgrade my connection. Me. No. IT can't fix your connection at home. Call your ISP. It's probably Comcast, maybe Verizon NC. You should have at least 100 megabytes per second. I'd recommend 200. Her. I have America Online. And that, my friends, is when I pour myself a drink at 2 p.m. Okie dokie. I'm not even sure what to say about that one. So, next story. It's the simple things. Years ago, I was a tech for an industrial branch of a large university. At this location was an engineering center filled with very special equipment for working with circuit boards and similar. I get a ticket about the printer in main lab isn't working. Ticket details say they, the two senior professors, have tried everything and it's dead. They need a new printer installed. Now, I got along with these guys very well, but they were very bad about asking for help. I would say engineers are as bad as doctors when it comes to tech problems. I stated I'll head over and take a look, but was told it'll be a waste of time. I go over to the lab and meet with them. They show me the printer that isn't responding. Next, they proceeded to tell me that <laughs> they took it apart and put the parts under their new microscope. They also put some parts under a machine similar to an x-ray to review all the circuit board layers. Also tested every fuse and wire from the power cord to the main distribution board, keeping detailed notes of all. After spending who knows how many hours looking at every part and then putting it back together, they can't see anything wrong, but it still won't turn on. Now, when I walked in, I saw the problem right away, but let them tell me about everything they did. Once they finished, I silently walked over, bent over, and turned on the power strip that it was plugged into, and magically it turns on. 
the printer amazing <laughs> the printer amazingly still worked after their repair job they were dumbfounded they missed something so simple how or why they never tried another outlet or power cord is beyond me given they should have never opened it let alone take it apart it would have been an easy thing to check I worked there for several more years and it was still a running joke. They took it well. A 20 year old tech outsolved several professors with masters in electrical engineering and similar. In the long run it was a great icebreaker and they started calling sooner and more often, given it could not be more embarrassing. Wow, that is embarrassing. I mean that would be embarrassing for me if I didn't check to see if something was plugged in or my mom. You know, I mean it's a simple thing. And I guess, you know, electrical appliances have been around for years. Toaster don't work. Plug it in. Check the plug. Check the circuit breaker if the plug's plugged in. You know, things like that. I just thought that was a normal process. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.